Hi, my name is Alistair. Hi, my name is Kat, and this is Bam Pop Productions Podcast. So what do you have for us today? Gender Wars. Mm-hmm. Continuation. Part two. Part two. It Electric is... Boogaloo. Electric Boogaloo. It is looking at self-identification of one's gender. It's exactly the way it sounds. Now, under the Gender Recognition Act 2004, which was passed in the UK Parliament, let's say, uh, it applies to Scot- Scotland as well, of course. It says that, and it really applies to people who are transgender, is that people can legally be recognised as a gender that they want to, but they need to go through a process. So they need to go to doctors, to medical practitioners, to psychiatrists, to have the diagnosis that they have VGD, which is an acronym for gender dysphoria and which means that they're not that they want to be the opposite sex to what they were born as and that they then need to get a gender recognition certificate from a panel but the proposals in 2019 to this which actually i don't think passed was that uh they don't need to go through the medical hoops in the context of officially being recognized but that i don't believe that that applies to if you want to go ahead and transition in terms of hormone treatments and the gender reassignment surgery. Now, in, interestingly enough, a year prior to these proposals to the GRA Act in Germany, in Spain, there were proposals or um, kind of bills that were raised in the parliaments which were both shot down by the right wings, by the right wing conservative parties in that, um, just the same that you know people should self-identify as what they want in terms of their gender and they don't need to go through the medical hoops um because having the diagnosis of gd really just reinforces well in my opinion the stigma um of an already very hard done by group you know not to speak in broad strokes not all people that are trans but most people will have had a hard time emotionally in terms of the discrimination many societies it's still a crime they're spat on they're outcasts so uh, yeah yeah and um i guess kind of i just wanted to hear your view and self-identification on one's gender i mean are you supportive of that to an extent um but my first question is this was Mm -hmm. the gender Recognition Act. 2004? In the UK, that is what it was called. And these were amendments seeking to be passed. In 2019. To give Which I don't think were successful. I don't think so either, but this Mm. was full self-identification. I think basically, generally from what I read, it was just proposals to say that without going to, through the medical hoops of going to a doctor and the doctor saying you have this diagnosis Mm -hmm. and we need to remember that gender dysphoria is a psychiatric disorder so it is so for someone who's in the trans community many people already kind of unintentionally or wrongly stereotype and stigmatize that type of community and mental health problems are already stigma so that kind of reinforces it so the act is kind of a push towards making things easier for the trans community perhaps well 
the changes to the acts, but equally kind of trying to bring them into the fold and pushing more for equality. In that sense of equality. I, I don't know the full extent to what this law was trying to put through. I think this is quite interesting in laws in general. Um, normally when there are new laws being proposed or... Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, an amendment to uh, a bill. When they fail, you'll actually find that quite large sections of the parliament can be generally supportive of these, uh, say, the principle behind them. However, there's just certain aspects of the actual practicalities that don't um, don't work within the bill itself. Um, a big part, a big one of these in recent years was in Patrick Harvey in Scotland. He's mm-hmm. leader of the Scottish Green Party. Um, he put forward a bill on assisted dying um, okay. within the medical context. That was not successful. It wasn't. However, it was really interesting. There were some very heartfelt speeches by MSPs of all parties who said why they couldn't support it. And they said while they recognised the importance of it, just the bill was not in its current working or wording, something that they could get behind because it left too many kind of blank spaces. Mm -hmm. Um, A slippery slope. I think generally most MPs at this stage um, and most members of most Western governments are actually quite supportive of um, the trans community in principle, but do recognise certain problems with some of these these, um, uh, laws. I I'm not entirely aware what this law was going to allow people to self ID for like what purpose like it was going to take away the hoops for um and I think there are some certain situations where it's necessary to consider um like what Certain people, let me go back. If you think of the trans community as a kind of sort of uh, a population of people, they will have certain traits that will be very slightly and only slightly different to other, say, groups that you would take, or even just as the population as a whole. Um, And I think that one of the dangers is when systems are designed in such a way to deal with people with one set of traits, if those traits are then slightly different of another group coming in, that that can kind of mess up that system. Um, I think overall, I support people's right to self-ID. And I think that at some point Mm -hmm. in the future, I would like that to be as easy as ticking a box on a website um, and changing how you are... um, how you access different services and systems within society. I think that I think should that be... that was the aim of the proposal, like, officially. Mm-hmm. I think it should be that easy at some point in the future, but I do feel today so many systems are based on characteristics of populations. Like, what we normally consider as the female population of the country, they have certain characteristics. They are physically smaller. Um, they are when things go wrong they tend to suffer things like poverty worse there are certain and they have less earning capacity than the population as a whole or men the other half of that 
Um, there are reasons why there are women-only spaces and women-only services, services that have been designed to deal with problems specific to the way that women live and problems specific to, mm. to women. Um, given that the trans population will have a very slightly different... I say it's only slight... There are a lot of trans people that don't fall into this that match exactly a female population in the important areas. But the point is they have a very slight difference. Um, to neutral-born women? Yeah, in certain characteristics as a population as a whole. And the issue is when you start to include that in the female population, some of these services don't work so well or there are fears that these services won't work so well. And... I think what we have to recognise is that excluding those people and saying it's not so easy to get access to these services, um, I feel that we have to recognise that that is discrimination. Um, we are discriminating someone because they belong to a certain group. And what we should do is work to make these services that, or anything that you know, trans women wish to access able to accommodate, not just trans women, but just anyone in general, like... Um, the argument that a lot of people bring up in this case is, say, rape crisis um, mm. or, say, women's shelter or something like that. Safe spaces for women within a society. Say, well, you can't allow someone who is a woman but has a penis into these environments because that's wrong. So trans... I, exactly, yeah. Or As opposed to natal-born... Or, any other way that that could happen through any form of you know gender um, like self-ID or surgery or whatever it really doesn't matter but the the point is that they should not have like allowing penises into this what would be a women's only space is it can't really cope with that it was never designed to cope with that these systems I feel that as far as God, what was I saying? I feel that... Yeah, so, sorry, let me go back there. The way... I've completely lost this. The way that... You're saying that trans women shouldn't necessarily be allowed into spaces with NATO No, women. not quite. What I was trying to get at is that... Because of certain characteristics. That's what you said before you got sidetracked. Partly, but the point I'm trying to make is that this is an example that people give on the opposite side to say why people shouldn't be allowed to self-ID because then you'll get people with certain characteristics that were never designed to be accommodated within these systems. Trans women... Not just trans women, though. There's a lot of different ways I think you can get mm. to that point and allow a penis into that. Um, I, But that's what we're talking about here. Um, Generally, right. the feminist groups that are against it tend to point out, yeah. rather unkindly, that trans women aren't real women, a.k.a. <laughs> which actually isn't very kind. <laughs> See, I'm not too uh, fussed about that, though. And actually, if uh, I can just... Sorry, finish this. Yeah, and then I'll get back to my point. Point here, I think... This is an example that they bring up. You're quite right. These are feminist kind of... Sorry, not feminist. There's a lot of people raise these issues, mm -hmm. including certain feminist groups. Um, I think that they've got a really good point. I think they're quite right that you should be allowed to discriminate against, let's just say, trans women to access these systems because the systems can't accommodate them particularly well. However, 
once you I think that's perfectly reasonable these systems probably cannot accommodate that however what we should try to do is a make these systems better at it if you're going to admit that you're blocking like if they win this fight and they say right we're discriminating against trans women you're not allowed into women only spaces for me that's not just pens down we've won the fight i think at that I, I would agree with them at this point i don't think that should be allowed but i do think that at some point in the future we should be working to make these systems able to accommodate trans women so we should work in the framework make sure that's better but also we should be more ambitious we should make it so that you know rape crisis centers aren't needed anymore we should make it so that you know a safe space for women is all of society like we shouldn't have a small ambition here and i think that a lot of these problems with trans women entering these services we don't actually care that it's trans women that the violence comes from what we should care about is all violence against women we shouldn't be trying to just stop violence towards women that comes from trans women we should be trying to stop all violence towards women and at that point once you've done that there's no need to discriminate against trans people because you've solved the major like well, the overall that's problem. highly ambitious though absolutely that's highly ambitious but the absolutely. thing is though some women's groups like I said before, rather unkindly say trans women aren't real women. Yeah. And they say if you can self-identify, especially if that's given legal recognition, one of the arguments was is that, like you said, some trans women could end up in women-only prisons. Mm -hmm. But like you said, they may have certain characteristics without me being crude. Yeah. They may have certain characteristics that might make other women who have been victims of sexual assault uncomfortable. Mm. Or even if uh, a trans woman perhaps was in a relationship and ended up that she was assaulted or raped and she ends up needing help from um, a centre which handles those mm -hmm. types of cases, that might make other women there feel uncomfortable. So the thing is, though your aim of kind of eradicating the source of the problem or eradicating the problem themselves is highly ambitious but at the minute there does seem to be that divide between so-called natal born mm. women and trans women i refuse to say they're not real women because that to me is extremely unkind it's a judgment call and it's not my place but some feminists are not very nice about yeah well some feminist groups are very yeah harsh and they say that and it's kind of like uh oh sorry I, can i just sorry clarify mm. my point just so i don't sound like a complete dick mm -hmm. not to question mm -hmm. what you're saying literally just so i don't sound like a dick um I do care about that when it's being used as an insult or a derogatory term. No one deserves to be talked to like that under any circumstances. My point, though, is that both sides will use this, not a real woman or a real woman, and they'll mean lots of different things by it. If they're going to define the term differently, both sides can be right. And I actually think both sides normally have quite different definitions when they say it. Like And they have their own agendas. Both of them, exactly. The... This is the problem with also have the groups, political groups we used to be a member of as students. You'd sometimes find two groups arguing vehemently with each other because they had two different ideologies or two different terminologies when actually the ideas they were discussing were almost identical, but they called them different things. It's like, oh, I'm a Marxist-Leninist. Well, fuck off. I'm a Leninist-Marxist. Yeah. It's like, you guys really agree on really 95%. It was really just a question of semantics. I actually it's think, almost like they need a fight. Yeah. If you say that trans women are not real women if you define it in a certain way you can make that true if you define it to mean a different thing you can make it so that trans women are real women you could define real woman in a way that you don't count you can define real man in a way that i don't count 
it makes like you can define these different ways. I'm not really interested in a term like that. You know, they'll use it in different ways. It's a, well, the, really, to egg people and yeah. to insult people. Right, that's some, wrong. Like some people are just quite yeah. unkind. Um, so I would never use that term. You're not a real woman because I mean it's like it's a me neither, thing to and say. it doesn't help the conversation. Well, no, you're well. That is very hurtful, and actually, yeah. you just really piss a lot of people off. But going back to what I said before, now. The GRA, the proposal, so that so the initial act I explained was passed in two thousand four. I explained what that was. The proposals you were a bit confused about. I, I, I attempted to explain that, and you then went off and you kind of talked about what you talked about. Now I just want to quickly backtrack. So the proposals were that officially you could just tick a box and say, "Well, I'm a biological male," mm-hmm. but. I associate with being female, so you self-ID, so on your passport, it could say female. On the license, it could also say female as well. Yeah. That, in theory, if the proposals were ever accepted, that, that would be it. So it was that you didn't need to jump through the medical hoops, right? That you didn't need to jump through the medical hoops, right? But I guess what a lot of transgender people were hoping was that why do they need to jump through hoops at all? Mm. <laughs> and in fact, in uh, Spain and Germany, they also wanted to kind of allow people to get the legal recognition to oh, self I didn't know ID. about Spain. I knew it was happening in Germany. I didn't the Germans realize. and the Spanish, the left-wing parties and their parliaments tried to raise it as a bill. It got shot down and it never went so far as to become law. Oh, but it was voted down. Well, than... yeah, you know, the Conservatives were not very yeah. happy about it and they basically wanted kind of people to self-ID the way they wanted, which in reality probably would have caused a lot of the problems which you then said. Although bear in mind that trans women wouldn't necessarily end up in rape crisis centres, trans women may not necessarily end up no, in right? prisons. Yeah. But that is an argument against self-identification of people... Or of trans women. Well, it's not that every trans woman needs these services. Yeah. I think the point is... But is an argument by certain people to go against it? Yeah, it is. Because like, these are the most extreme cases. But overall... It's pretty extreme. Overall, it's just saying that if you self-identify as a woman yeah. with no hips or steps or anything, you get to um, traverse the entire system as a woman and you get to access all these services as you would as a woman and I think maybe that's being a, a prison for a woman might but it's be not just than a man's a, prison i don't know these extreme i think it's generally considered to be that way um, yeah. but i mean it might be easier in the context of the environment mm. especially in the uk because in some countries both the prisons for for everyone are just terrible but in yeah. the uk it might be slightly better for the women i don't really know but the thing is, though, so the Germans and the Spanish also wanted, or the left-wing parties wanted people to self-ID without going through the medical hoops, so they don't need to go to a doctor, and the doctor doesn't need to assess them for having the psychiatric disorder, yeah, yeah. which is what we've talked about. My, my like, point to you is, Ali, that does this sound reasonable to you, right, in, in the future, if someone wants... Or doesn't feel comfortable with their natal-born sex, and they mm-hmm. want to be the opposite sex. Why do they need to go through medical hoops at all? Why be subjected to objective criteria by so-called experts and doctors? Why can't they just receive the hormone treatments and the gender reassignment without having 
the stigma of being diagnosed mentally ill when mm. they're from a community of people, trans people, which are already very hard. Well, not all of them, but a lot of them are very hard, hard done by. Well, I think this is a What's process. What's your take on that? Is that too extreme, do you think? No, I think, be possible? I think this is a process over time. And I think what we should be... The way that society is going is that people tend to get to have a far more tailored experience of every service for themselves. Um, what I mean by this is that I think over time, people who are self-identify as a let's say any like you know a different sex to what they were born um should have more sorry if i can take this back one second mm-hmm. to the thing we we're talking about before to explain this people bring up these cases of things like prisons and women's shelters because those are the most extreme ones that we can think about where it might be problematic to have someone with more male characteristics mm-hmm. in it and it is discrimination to say well a trans person will have more male characteristics not necessarily but as a population they will and therefore we can just discriminate and kick them out those are extreme cases there are lots of different services within society where it is problematic to just be able to self-identify as a woman and where you, like, it may not be so... Um, the, the, lots of systems might fail if you have this, like, mm-hmm. people coming through like this. So, for instance, let's say you don't go through gender reassignment surgery, you don't take hormonal treatment, but you mm-hmm. just self-identify as a woman with no other information. Mm-hmm. If the health service only knows that about you, you might start getting things like mailers out to go for breast screening, stuff like this, things that you would typically be considered female. Now, those are very blunt tools that the health service might use if they don't know any more information. So, oh, this is a woman, let's give them this treatment or offer them these services. That's an expense that isn't useful because it doesn't help these people. Plus, um, yeah, so if the health service doesn't know any more about the person than what's ticked in this box, then you can see why that would be a problem. However, most services do know more about you than that. Um, there are a lot of women for whom, um, say, breast screening for breast cancer is not going to be an issue because they've maybe had a, a mastectomy or so, you know, they, they don't have this problem. The more information and technology we use in these systems, the better we are able to integrate lots of people into it. So I think today trans people should have access to certain spaces and certain things at will. Um, and where there are still problems with that, I think over time we should make this, um, more of these services should open up to them as we are able to make these services better. And actually, I think that at some point in the future, most services will not be gender specific. I think most people will get highly tailored to their individual needs. Like gender is a pretty good way to divide up services in society because broadly speaking, men and women require slightly different um, treatment and require slightly different things from all the services they receive from a society. However, the further on we go, the less that's important. There's an example I often use for this, something like Netflix, which uses artificial intelligence, very well to recommend you movies, right? Mm -hmm. In the early days of AI, you can imagine that these algorithms would have been heavily dependent on both your age and your gender. So if it knows you're 20 years old and you're a man, it's going to recommend you different movies than if you're 20 years old and a woman. 
And broadly speaking, that's going to be right. Men and women of that age are going to have different tastes in movies. But there's going to be a big group in the middle for whom that isn't work. That doesn't work because they prefer, you know, there'll be a lot of guys that prefer rom-coms over Die Hard. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to get recommended the ones they want. Today, I would doubt very much that the Netflix algorithm considers your gender at all when it recommends you a movie. It will probably be using very complex... Um, It'll be working out in a very complex way your previous watching history and that'll be all it cares about is the types of things you watch and how it matches you up to lots of other different profiles that probably don't have gender assigned to them. So the way that you deal with like being recommended a movie 30 years ago would have been highly based on your gender. Mm-hmm. If you went into a blockbuster's they would have looked at you and made a lot of assumptions about you and that would have been pretty good at getting you a movie you'd like but a lot of people it wouldn't have been. Today what you have when you're recommended movies from the algorithms is very tailored to you and it's irregardless of your gender your age it is what you would like as a person and it doesn't even look at your gender i think that the further we go into the future and the more technology comes into these things gender will not be an issue going forward i don't think that when you go to the doctor your gender will be particularly important at all if you wear something like an apple watch or something today it will be collecting lots of information on your body um, and gender will be important in analyzing that but the more we go on how it's analyzing it will be tailored very much to you as an individual and gender won't really come into that so you know if someone says if there's a someone that identifies as a woman but they have a penis and they want to get you know um uh like a gynecological exam Mm -hmm. that's not going to work right but (laughs) like you know because you don't have that actual if someone believes they have a vagina when they don't regardless of how they identify if they genuinely believe they have a vagina that is a mental health problem like right but typically going into the doctors, I think in the future, it will be so tailored to you as an individual that gender really won't come into this very much. I mean, once again, that is so ambitious that to think in the future, everything's going to be very gender neutral. But that's I the way really it's going. I wish for that. Right? I don't think well, that's something we have to work on. in the present about Well, actually, your question was, about do you think in the future... The yeah all right okay true that was your true. question but i do feel that why at the minute do they need to jump through hoops i will answer that. can i just clarify that further? just to say i don't you said do you think it will be available in the future just to clarify my answer to that question is we don't even have to work on it that hard i think that as technology advances it will just happen everything is becoming more tailored to you as an individual and it doesn't put you into labels or boxes most of the services you receive are going to be increasingly gender, race, age, neutral. They are going to be tailored to you as a person rather than a label. But at the minute, and uh, yeah, people okay. who have GD that maybe do want to transition have to, are reinforced that it's still a stigma because mm-hmm. of the diagnosis. So my yep. point is that I think there were a lot of people from the trans community that were pushing for it not to be seen as a mental health problem. Mm. But the system currently at the minute is that you do need to be diagnosed with gd to get hormone treatment and eventually if you do go down that route the reassignment surgery so i guess do you uh, like i know what you're saying that in the future it won't be a problem but at the minute that is the system right so do you think there should be a push in the gender recognition act that 
pushes in the mid like that people are you know the kings of their own reasoning the kings of their own own emotions or do you feel that emotions are too transient uh, i don't i feel i want to be a female yeah but i'm born a male um i think to some extent it doesn't matter um how the person feels like what we're trying i think what so i say we because i tend to agree with this view for today I think what people are trying to defend when they want to exclude trans people from certain groups or force them to go through hoops to get access to them. Um, I, I think what they're... Like, it's not their, the trans people's feelings they care about. It's the fact that some of these systems will really struggle to deal with people that have just self-ID'd and therefore... I think having some tests to enter them might be necessary. Um, so, for example, um, when it comes to, say, trans athletes, I think that having, say, weight categories would be quite an important way to deal with that today. Um, I think that weight categories are an... What am I trying to say? No, let's just drop that one. That's quite, that's kind of difficult. Um, cause specific to a very, to just a few sports. Um, I think that different access to different services should only be allowed if you have certain characteristics or have undergone. And um, just to say, sorry, I'm, I'm getting this all confused here. What you're asking is, should people have to have this mental health stigma? I don't think people should have to have this mental health stigma to be able to identify how they want. And just to say, this is very much a spectrum, you know, on the low end of things, if somebody wants to declare themselves a different gender to their friends or family, there are no restrictions on that. Like, you can tell anyone you want that your gender is this and it makes no difference. There's no legal restriction on it. You can do that and it's absolutely fine. Let's say at the very high end of things, if you want to go and get a gender reassignment surgery, you really do need to have these kind of diagnoses and it's the end of a long line of treatment to try and deal with mental health problems associated with it. Um, I think that the further we go through this, we should try and remove as many of these barriers. And I think that right now, what I really agree with is that a lot of different treatments and services should be accessible to trans women without needing to have a mental health diagnosis because by and large that's not what this is. In fact, it feels very similar to the way that being gay was considered a mental health problem in years gone by. Um, I think that history will look at this and see that actually having a different gender. Um, so why can't it change for gender as it did for sexual orientation? I think it absolutely will. Um, but I do recognise that in this case there are some issues with... Um, um, say trans women and trans men entering certain environments um, so a lot of these fears are actually unfounded it's prejudice that causes them um, but there are some genuine fears and um, fears that are founded and I think that um, it's quite right to say right maybe slow us down a bit till we rework this but it's not one or the other like I'm in the middle of this I don't think we should be excluding trans women forever I don't think we should be letting trans women into everything just now I think that we should be building this slowly over time so that these systems can accommodate that. And, as I said, hopefully make some of these systems non-necessary um, if we can do more work in society. Um, typically how I feel about it. 
I don't know if I mentioned this in our last podcast, but I find this very similar to the idea of um, sort of gay men giving blood. Mm-hmm. Um, this gay men were not allowed to give blood because as a population, they have higher instances of blood-borne diseases, mm-hmm. particularly HIV. Um, they're, a lot of the reason they weren't allowed to was prejudice against the group. Um, however, I would have argued that when you went in to give blood before, you were asked if you were a gay man or you'd had sex with a, you know, another man type of thing. Mm-hmm. If you answered yes, you were just excluded immediately from giving blood. The answer, what they've gone for recently in Scotland and England, I think, as well, is now everyone that goes in is given a more detailed sort of questionnaire and it gives you a specific risk factor. And this is really good because there's a lot of gay men, as a population, they have a higher HIV rate. So the easiest thing to do is to exclude them and you've done a lot to get rid of HIV in it. However, that's not, it is discrimination. It's not fair because there'll be a gay man who's been in a monogamous relationship for 10 years and he'll have a far lower risk profile than a young straight man that's out having unprotected sex every other night. The current system doesn't discriminate and it's far more fair. And actually, because the population of gay men still has higher rates of HIV, what you're going to find is that more of them are disqualified from giving blood than but it is more specific to the individual now. I think this is what you're going to find. Um, largely, you're going to find that trans men are, say, physically stronger and typically have higher, say, testosterone than... Trans women or trans men? Sorry, trans women. Yeah. Trans women are going to have higher levels of um, testosterone. There's going to be some physical differences. So I think what I'd like is for a lot of these services to start excluding people based on the thing that they're actually concerned about and not the fact that someone's trans. You know, if you're worried about someone with high levels of testosterone and who is physically big from entering these spaces, do you know what? A lot of women meet that characteristic as well. There's a lot of violent women in the world that are capable of abuse and violence. So we don't care about trans violence. We care about all violence. And we should be trying to make these systems better to kick out everyone that's violent and allow in people who are not violent. That's what we should be trying to do. And at this point... I do think that it's about finding that balance and kind of engaging in that journey. All right. And to end on that beautiful and lighter note, I'm going to say bye from Kat. Bye from Alistair. Bye from Bampot Productions Podcast. And tune in tomorrow for more insight into... Something. Into a new topical issue. And if you're interested, um, this is, as always, an uneducated and uninformed discussion on the subject we get a lot of these things wrong so we've decided to set up a twitter account it's at bampot pod on twitter uh, i think if you type in bampot pod um, you should be able to bring it up so uh find us on there and if you want to tell us we're wrong or point us in the direction for further reading and um, yeah join us there and you know we'll talk back and uh probably just troll a bit but yeah. And we'll be happy to hear your opinions. And like I know a lot of people say that, but we will genuinely be happy to hear your opinions. And we'll get back to you and we'll talk and all that kind of stuff. There'll be one or like maybe one comment every two weeks, so that'll be really good. And we'll be able to keep on top of that, more or less. Okay. Okay, guys. Bye. Bye.